forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think that he could bite off a brain down. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. What's up, Freebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? Rhea Butcher here, the host of this very podcast, Three Swings, that you are now listening to. It's about baseball, but also about other shit. This week, the other shit that I want to let you know about is I've got a few live dates at the end of this here month of May. And some dates coming up in the future, but uh, the 21st of May, I'll be at the Star Dome in Birmingham, Alabama. And then the next night, Wednesday, May 22nd, I'll be at Stand Up Live in Huntsville, Alabama. And then Thursday, May 23rd, I'll be at Zany's Nashville in Tennessee. You should come to those shows. I would really love to get them packed out. Um, I'm excited to visit the South, albeit only two states. (laughs) If you are one of those people who, uh, when I post dates, um, you yell in the comments that I should go someplace else. I understand the impulse to do so. However, I will tell you that since I didn't book one large big tour, um, all at once, this is all just like, as they come along, I am trying to go everywhere. I would love to perform in literally every city in the the world but <laughs> unfortunately it doesn't work that way that's not how booking goes and so please don't take it personal that i have not yet announced and or visited the city that you live in i am trying and would like to and it's on its way so there you go um i'm excited to go to alabama i've literally never been there before and weirdly never been to nashville so please come to those shows it's May 21st uh, in Birmingham, May 22nd in Huntsville, and May 23rd in Nashville. I might even, and I haven't checked the schedule, so my usual luck is probably that the Nashville sounds will be out of town when I'm in town, but I'll check out a game or the stadium nonetheless. I also want you all to know that I will be performing in Cleveland, Ohio on Sunday, July 7th, which just happens to be the Sunday of the All-Star Game weekend. So I will be in Cleveland for the All-Star Game weekend. Will I be attending any of the festivities? Probably not. It's incredibly expensive. Uh, Tickets to the All-Star Game start at $350, uh, which I was unaware of. Um, Maybe I'll go to the Fan Fest or something like that. But um, it'll be cool to be up there. And so come see me. I'll be at Playhouse Square at the Hannah Theater, and that's on July 7th, which is a Sunday Um, I don't, I am not competing with the home run derby. So I think it's the senior softball game, which, Hey, congrats. Um, so come to those shows. I would love to see you. That's what's up for me. Um, no ads this week, so I can just get right in there and, uh, tell you all the baseball stuff. I think this might be the first week this season that I have not been able to watch, that I wasn't able to watch a game. I didn't catch anything. I don't think. Um, it's all highlights and all fantasy baseball for me. Um, is I, I, this one's a tough one. Last year, I watched a lot of baseball. Year before that, watched a lot of baseball. This year, not watching a lot of baseball. Playing a lot of baseball. Playing a lot of fantasy baseball. Not watching a ton of baseball. I've been listening to a lot of Dodger games because I catch them in the car. Uh, other than that, you know, I've been trying to catch some Cleveland games, and boy, oh boy, 
what's going on for them. This is news that just happened last night. Corey Kluber has a broken arm uh, in his throwing arm, of course. So Cleveland, to me, uh, this is like a disaster season, I think. They are they are just riddled with injury, specifically in their rotation, which was previously uh, their biggest threat. And, I mean, they did just get Lindor back, but they just don't look... You know, they had a couple great games because they were just manufacturing offense, but um, the loss of Corey Kluber on top of the loss of Mike Clevenger, that's a lot to overcome. And it's a, it's a, it's a broken arm. It's not just like, Oh, back problems and he'll need a month of rest. This is like, this is a long amount of time. Um, and a broken elbow is not great. So I don't think you can win a world series on Trevor Bauer alone. Um, we did lose a world series without Trevor Bauer, but, uh, I just don't see I don't see a team being able to bounce back. Uh I mean they have Shane Bieber and Trevor Bauer. That's kind of it. That's kind of it. And uh their bats aren't what they used to be. They traded a lot and didn't get a lot back. So I don't really see Cleveland even winning the Central Division, which would be strange, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So I don't really have any thoughts on fantasy baseball this week. I, you know, I slept on Mike Soraka in my points league. I'm doing pretty all right in my categories league. I won two games in a row in my points league, so I'm just kind of leaving everything alone. Picked up Elvis Andrus, but he's regressed already. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. Just trying to fill in some spots here and there. Jose Martinez hitting really well again. If he's free in your league, I recommend picking him up. He's got first base and outfield availability in points leagues. And then in category leagues, it's first base and right field, I think. So I think he's a good pickup. You know, uh, he hits, he's hitting 324 right now. And I mean, I would not have guessed that Cody Bellinger was going to have the season that he's having already. He has the most RBI in the month of April ever. Um, he also, I was watching a game or listening to it and he has a batting average, something of 350 with two strikes, which is better than most people's average in any count, <laughs> which is like such a ballistic stat, you know, and with Christian Yelich out with back problems being day to day, Cody's just got a wide open road to really just like charge down these categories, uh, and make his triple crown run all the more uh, concrete. So he's doing great and I'm happy for him and it's cool. I, I Look, a lot of people don't like that guy for whatever reason. I don't care. I've, I've liked him the whole time. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Cody Love or Belly, but whatever. I heard him hit a home run. The first time I ever heard him hit a home run, I was like, that must have been what Ted Williams sounded like. The way he hits the ball is something different and it's just pretty marvelous to get to witness. So I really quite enjoy it and I'm happy for him. Uh, it's nice to see somebody make adjustments and have them work out. I read a really great piece that was just in my MLB app in the Dodgers section about all the adjustments that Cody Bellinger has made. And I think if you're, if you're somebody that's interested in baseball and the mechanics of it and how it works, give that thing a shot. Cause it goes through a ton of stuff <laughs> about how differently he's hitting the ball and his at-bats and what he's doing with away pitches and everything. It's really interesting stuff. So on to the notes. First month report card. ESPN published first month grades for all 30 
major league baseball teams, men's major league baseball teams. Here are the teams that received A's and F's. Do I agree with these lists? Is anyone missing? Which of the A teams is most likely to regress by the end of the season? And which of the F teams is most likely to improve by the end of the season? So here we have our A teams. We've got the Tampa Bay Rays with an A+, the St. Louis Cardinals, Minnesota Twins with A's, the Dodgers with an A-, Astros, and Padres with A-minuses. Out of all the A teams that are most likely to regress by the end of the season, I hesitate. I want to say the Dodgers because they just always do. But I think that the Padres and the Twins have, for me, the strongest mark of regression um, for a lot of reasons. The Padres, they're just new. They don't have the rotation. And the Twins don't have the rotation either. They, the Padres do have a great closer. And then the F teams are the Miami Marlins, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Boston Red Sox. Out of those three, I think the Red Sox have most of the chance to uh, improve by the end of the season. But I kind of honestly don't see any of those really improving. Um, there's a lot of issues going on. It's just not the season that we thought it was going to be for the Red Sox. They ha- they're having a serious World Series hangover. The last three World Series winners have had serious World Series hangovers, with the exception, I guess, of the Astros, because they did make it back, but they also didn't. So the the beginning of their season last year was not great. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I stand by my statement that the Tampa Bay Rays will win the AL East. I just, I just do. I just do. Uh, I don't think the Marlins can do much and the Orioles, same story. So I feel like the Red Sox improve simply by the fact that they're surrounded by two other teams that won't. But I don't know that the Red Sox do the amount of damage that they did last year. Mookie Betts is not having a season at all. He's hitting like just above the Mendoza line. And uh, I don't think he's stolen a base. If If he's stolen a base, it's been one. And so that's definitely not the same season that he had last year. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. arrives. He's the most anticipated debut in years. Rookie third baseman Vladimir Guerrero Jr. joined the Toronto Blue Jays for the first time this season for last Friday's game against the A's. He went one for four in that game, leading off the ninth inning with a double that ended up being the walk-off run when Brandon Drury hit a home run two batters later. Um, Since then, Guerrero is is slashing... 214, 353, 639 with four strikeouts and three walks. No home runs or RBI yet, but he has showed defensive prowess, robbing Albert Pujols of a hit with a diving stop in the second inning of Tuesday's game against the Angels. What are your thoughts on Guerrero? What do you think about highly anticipated debuts in general? Ronald Acuna Jr., Chris Bryant, Jason Hayward, are they good for the teams, for the cities, or too much pressure on young athletes? Well, I my thoughts on Guerrero are that he will produce and it may be less than we think because we always think it's going to be more than it ends up being. Does that make sense? Probably. And my thoughts on these big call-ups are I think it can go either way. It's sort of to me the same way as being the person uh who is up to bat after somebody is intentionally walked. <laughs> it can either get in your head and pump you up and make you do some damage or it can get in your head and pump you up and make you do some damage to yourself. Um, I think these hyped up things, the way that the call-ups work, I mean, we've talked about this before on this show. They're messing with players 
service time so that they can keep them under contract for longer. And then they're turning into this big pomp and circumstance thing of this call up on, you know, April 18th or April 19th or whatever, so that they can keep these guys under contract for two extra years instead of them being free agents. And I just don't like the whole thing. I think like call them up for the opening day. Let them be on the roster. If you know that they're going to be on the roster, stop pulling all this bullshit and let them have the experience of going up. I just don't like it. I think it's a lot of pressure on young athletes. And I think that I can't even imagine the pressure that they're dealing with because they also know that their playing time is being manipulated. So it can't have a positive effect. I just can't imagine that it has a positive effect on a player because it seems like a lot. Uh, CC Sabathia, the veteran Yankees pitcher, recorded his 3,000th career strikeout on Tuesday night against the Arizona Diamondbacks, becoming only the third left-handed pitcher in history to achieve that feat. His 3,000th K was also his third K of the second inning as he struck out the side. Sabathia's first career strikeout was recorded in April 2001. Is CC Sabathia a Hall of, pa- Hall of Fame pitcher? I mean, I feel like he is, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that say no, and he feels like one of those guys that's probably going to sit on the list and then just not make it. Um, he is a 2000s pitcher. If you think of the early 2000s and you think of baseball and you think of pitching, CC Sabathia is up there. So yeah, maybe in a couple years, five, six, seven years. Yes. Right now, next year, two years from now, probably not. So moving on to some disturbing stuff. Also, let me, well, let me just say this. Congrats to CC Sabathia. You used to pitch for my team and then you moved around to other teams and now you're pitching for the Yankees. And you got 3,000 career strikeouts. That is a lot of strikeouts. That's, to me, more intense than 3,000 hits. It's an elite club. He's only the third left-handed pitcher in history. That's not a lot of people. So congrats to CC Sabathia. And I, in talking about this, just the fact that he's reached 3,000 career strikeouts and he's only the third left-handed pitcher to do that, I would say... He is a Hall of Fame pitcher for that reason. Cool. Moving on to something that isn't super exciting. Uh, Addison Russell's domestic abuse. There was a disturbingly nonchalant article on ESPN.com today, which is a couple days ago, that described Addison Russell's return to the MLB after a 40-game suspension for violating the league's domestic violence policy as though Russell was just coming off the IL. Now, this is a quote from the article. Citing solely baseball reasons, Chicago Cubs president of baseball operations Theo Epstein said the team will option infielder Addison Russell to AAA Iowa when his 40-game suspension for violating the league's domestic violence policy policy is up Thursday. That is today, the day I am recording this podcast. There have been some real promising signs with his play. Six games just isn't enough to get fully up to speed to come up to the big league club, Epstein said Tuesday. According to Epstein, Russell has been making progress in his off-the-field rehabilitation after accepting the suspension that stemmed from multiple allegations of abuse by his ex-wife, Melissa Reedy. According to league rules, Russell was allowed seven days in the minors as his suspension neared its end, but the Cubs have decided to leave him at AAA while he acclimates himself to second base again. Wow. Um, Has there been any discernible progress in the way that the MLB and other professional sports organizations treat domestic violence? Or is this article emblematic of the attitude of the MLB itself in terms of its prioritization of the sport over the causes and consequences of violent acts committed by its players? I would say that there is no discernible progress in 
the past four years. Is there discernible progress in the history of the MLB? Yes. However, the fact that these things are always simply alluded to, uh, saying allegations and off-field rehabilitation, what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean? I, I, He is a baseball player who is continuing to play baseball, and he is playing baseball in a minor league capacity. I would assume... I can safely assume, because I know he's playing baseball, that he's taking ground balls and taking batting practice. I have no idea what off-the-field rehabilitation means. What does that mean? Is he taking classes? Is he going to therapy? Is he going to group therapy? What does that mean? And there's no statement from the Cubs saying... There's there's literally nothing about... I, I just... And then the audacity to have like Mother's Day nights and pink uniforms and Susan G. Komen shit. And it's just like, I I don't, what, why even do it? Why even have the suspension if, if the whole point is going to be to look away from it and then just go, oh, he's working on his ground balls. Nobody cares. You know, like it's not, you're not, none of these people have to do everything right, but they could do a couple things different. They could um, act like this isn't something that has been thrust upon them. And to me, honestly, the fact that they want to keep this guy is, it's just, look, I know that I've been, it's hard for me to talk about the Cubs. They beat my team, whatever. But at the same time, this is the second guy in the past, what, three years that have these issues. I mean, they literally bought at us or, or rolled as Chapman to win the world series. And that's what he helped them do. And they looked away then. And so now this guy's like cute. And his name is one of the streets in Chicago that goes by Wrigley. So like, yeah, we're going to stick by this guy. Why? <laughs> Literally. Why? Tell me why. I, I don't mean why you shouldn't do that. I mean, why are you doing it? Because he's doing X, Y, Z off the field. No, because he's doing off-field rehabilitation. Again, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? I just think that Major League Men's Baseball is in a position where not only do they lead by example for adults, adult people, people who are women, people who are men, they also lead by example for children, children who are Boys, children who are girls, children who are non-binary, all these things. And then to never be specific about either the abuse itself or the rehabilitation of the abuser is to leave it in uncertain terms for everyone to put their own idea into it. And children don't learn that way. They don't learn that these things not only have consequences, but that they have solutions. There are ways to be rehabilitated, but we never talk about them. We talk about, well, did this really happen? Is that really abuse? Is this really some... Those are pointless questions. The questions we should be asking are, wow, how do we prevent this? How do we move on from this? Not move away, but how how do people recover their lives from this? How does his ex-wife 
continue on being the mother of his child, the mother of her own child, how does she reclaim her life? How does he recover his? How does he become a better human being who doesn't act like this, who doesn't um, abuse people in his life? How do we use this as an example to, to show people that that not only is a destructive and bad way to live, but it's a sad and tragic way to live. And it's not how you should exist on this planet. How do, why don't we do that? But we don't because it might affect how much money we make. And I just think it's sickening. And I, I, I think the Astros keeping Osuna on, like he's just there. Nobody cares. Nobody's talking about it anymore. And Addison Russell is going to play in the major leagues this year. And I guarantee you that Wrigley Field will stand on its feet and cheer his return. Because we're not talking about it. And I bet if his ex-wife stood on that field, she would be booed. And again, this is all rhetorical, but I... So, I, I don't know. I literally don't know what to say about Addison Russell anymore. It's incredibly disappointing. And I just don't understand how it's even up for debate. Because it's not a debate. We debate all these things that are not debates. They're not concepts. They're real people's lives. So, what a... Wow. Just what an efficient episode this is just clipping right along just using a minimum amount of pitches to get through this episode uh moving on to Rosenbag. here here's the thing i didn't i was unable to purchase a root beer this week for the episode i wanted to get just like whole foods brand look you can call me you know a neoliberal or whatever because i shop at whole foods it was close i shopped there i'm sorry but they didn't have any root beer and singles so i got this soda or pop. I'm going back to my roots and I'm going to start calling it pop. It makes me feel cheesy and weird, but I'm going back to my roots. Um, I bought blueberry and mango surf rider soda pop. Wow. I can't do it. And it had caffeine in it, which it described as naturally occurring. And I don't think that that's true because in my highly professional training at Seattle's best coffee, uh, in Borders Books and Music, formerly in Fairlawn, Ohio, uh, I was taught that caffeine is pretty much only naturally occurring in tea and coffee. And the caffeine removed from decaf coffee is then sold to pop soda companies to be put into things. So I'm not sure how caffeine could be naturally occurring in a pop that has carbonated water and fruit juice in it. So anyway, I'm already skeptical of this stuff. And I thought, well, this might be good. Like a mango soda. That'll probably taste pretty good, right? No, they both tasted like shit. I didn't like either of them, but I drank most of it. <laughs> and also weirdly, not because it tasted like it, but just gave me the sense memory, which I will admit comes up often. Has anyone else who listens to this podcast, and I have no idea how many people do, because I don't want to know, because I love however many people listen to it. I'm glad that you're listening right now. Anybody have Super Mario Soda when it came out? This would have probably been 1993 or 92. It was like those tiny short cans, and it came in a six-pack, and it had like Mario and Luigi 
and uh, Yoshi on it, I think. So it was like maybe my timeline's off. Um, but man, me and my friend Andrea just like crushed two six packs of that. Boy, oh boy, did we have a sleepover. We were literally bouncing off the walls drinking that shit. So if anybody remembers that, please let me know. I'll probably look it up on the internet after I get off of this podcast. I almost said get off the phone with you guys. <laughs> like we're all just having a phone call. So that's my that's my root beer roundup, a non-root beer roundup this week. So moving on to the rosin bag, we got Brittany Paxman saying, my husband thinks throws to first or any base in the middle of a pitching sequence should be a ball. It's nowhere near the strike zone, he says. Now, look, I would agree with your husband. It is nowhere near the strike zone, but she wants to know what my thoughts are on that idea. I mean, I think it would fundamentally shift the game of baseball <laughs> completely if you threw to first and it was a ball. Um, yeah, I mean, don't let the MLB find out about this idea, they might do it. I wouldn't like it because I think, you know, pickoff moves are a real thing. And I I think that they're a strategy in and of themselves. I mean, also like, I don't know if anybody knows how hard that is to do. Um, Obviously I've never played or been like one-on-one witness to major league baseball play, but uh, my teammate picked somebody off at first the other day and it was a wonder to behold. I mean, it really is like, that is, it's a crazy, it's, it's nuts. So I think you don't, that, that gives the hitter way too much of an advantage, I think. So while I find your husband's idea to be hilarious and adorable and accurate, um, I would not implement this new rule because I think that you, people would just be stealing bases constantly. Although maybe we implement it temporarily since no one seems to steal bases anymore, except for maybe Cody Bellinger. Uh, Gamecock Mitch, after all the root beer talk, I was curious your feelings on birch beer. I don't drink soda anymore, but I do enjoy getting a birch beer when I'm back home in PA. Birch is greater than root. Um, well, I mean, I think if you say you don't drink soda anymore, but you do get a birch beer, I think you're conflicting with yourself there. Cause I, I think birch beer is soda. It's sugar and carbonated. So anyway, maybe we need to get into a discussion next week about what constitutes soda slash pop and what is not um i like birch beer i don't really to me they're kind of like it this might be sacrilege to you but to me they're kind of interchangeable root beer and birch beer the differences to me are so subtle that i don't really see i don't really see it but i do enjoy a birch beer i i guess my point is not to be like oh they're the same my point is i would drink either at any point so I do enjoy it. Uh, Dr. Lunchables. That's a fun uh, little handle. Who is your favorite minor league baseball team based on name and logo alone? I am partial to both my Lansing lug nuts and also the Montgomery biscuits. Well, I was going to say the Montgomery biscuits because the logo is adorable, but I also, I, you, the one that I wear the most is my Fort Wayne, tin caps hat which is a throwback fort wayne wizards and i just i really like the logo and also the fort wayne tin caps i really like them they're nice to me on the internet so that's fun and i like the nashville sounds because like the logo's cool and uh yeah but i mean look if we're gonna be real i gotta go with the akron rubber ducks because how in the world did they become named the akron rubber ducks you know what i mean they used to be called the akron arrows a-e-r-o-s because they were formerly the Akron Canton 
baseball team. Um, they were the same name as the major league team that they uh, were a farm system for, which I don't say on this podcast for reasons you could probably figure out if you don't already know. Uh, and so they moved up to Akron from Canton and decided to change their name and they changed their name. They got a brand new ballpark, which is quite beautiful. And the next time I'm back in Akron, I'm going to try to catch a game there. Uh, they changed their name to the arrows because of like aeronautical research in Akron, like polymer science is also included with aeronautical research. Um, also the fact that we had, uh, Multiple astronauts from Ohio, but specific, but specifically Judith A. Resnick, an Akronite, uh, who was an astronaut who unfortunately perished on the Challenger explosion. Um, she has many buildings dedicated to her honor all throughout my hometown and her hometown of Akron, Ohio. And so that was also part of the naming scheme, I believe. This is all from the top of my head. I've done zero research, and I'm sure you can tell. And they also, the, I have a t-shirt of that team and, uh, the mascot was a cat whose name was Kaboom. And so I remember them debuting this thing and it stuck for a little while, but there was always this feeling of like, wait a minute. A lot of this is in honor to, uh, Judith A. Resnick, who unfortunately died in an explosion and we've nicknamed the mascot Kaboom, um, they changed the name to Rubber Ducks some years later after I left Akron. Um, I guess to honor the history of rubber in Akron, Ohio, but I have no recollection of Rubber Ducks being part of the rubber mythology of Akron, Ohio. It has literally always been tires and never anything else. It's always been Rubber City and it's just Akron tires. That's it. Like we, anybody that doesn't know this, um, Akron is, was the home headquarters, original headquarters to Firestone and Goodyear, the two arguably biggest tire companies probably in the world, um, who are no longer necessarily headquartered there. And the factories certainly aren't there, but the buildings, many of them are still around. Um, so Akron has this rich history in polymer science, um, because tires weren't necessarily invented there however the vulcanization of rubber which is what bonds the chemicals of the ions together which keeps rubber from flaking apart which previous to its invention you would have to get tires all the time and they were not inflated they were just hard rubber and they would wear out and every like everywhere was filthy because of them because the rubber just fell apart. Um, and so once the vulcanization of rubber was invented tires were then mass produced in a completely different scale it also helped to skyrocket uh you know auto travel all kinds of things so it's very integral to the dna and ancestry of the city of akron itself but again like i said i guess they didn't want to be named the akron tires or like the akron radials or something I, you could call them the treads you know like i feel like that's always been sort of what whatever um so the Akron Rubber Ducks, I think, is just a funny-ass name for a team, and uh, it's very funny to me, and I hope to see a game soon when I get back. Uh, Mella Calderon, where are the non-binary and lady umps at? Also, are the rocks at Angel Stadium real or fake? Um, well, here's the thing. Your question implies that there aren't any. However, I'm sure you probably mean why aren't there any. 
there's a rich history of misogyny and uh, sexual gender discrimination in umping in major league in the major leagues in men's major leagues. Um, one um, female umpire off the top of my head, her name is Perry Barber. I've met her. Um, this is something I believe there's an episode of three swings from last season that I got in pretty deep about women's umping. It's just, it's a numbers game and the MLB is not really doing anything to promote or change those numbers. That's where they're at. As for non-binary umps, I got no idea. Um, uh, I have no idea. I'm sure there's some out there. If you're a non-binary umpire and you listen to this podcast, shoot us an email or something. I want to talk to you. Um, I, I'm, I hope to see a female ump, like I'm just going to start small. I, I hope to see a female ump slash non-binary ump in the next couple years, but honestly, we'll probably see a robot before we see either of those things. They seem to be way more concerned with getting robots out there than they do about gender equality in umping, um, which is unfortunate, but also just the case. Um, I would imagine that there are more female umps in communal sort of baseball and softball situations than we'll ever see in the MLB or in minor leagues, although I do believe there have been some in the minor leagues. There's literally been one woman uh, head groundskeeper, and she works now. That's how long it's taken. Um, so I don't know. You know, gender equality is something that everybody has to work towards, and not everybody's working towards it. You know, you, you're beholden to both people wanting to do it. And I mean, women wanting to do that job and then also beholden to everybody else trying to help women do that job. And those two things don't always work in concert together. So it's tough. You know, it's like, I wish I could just press a button and there would be more women doing things, but that's just not the case. And, uh, umps are already doing such a bad job anyway. I don't know. Uh, so we'll probably see a robot before we see a lady. And that could be the secondary title of this podcast. Um, just wanted to remind everybody that I will be on those tour dates. I'll be in Birmingham, Alabama on the 21st, in Huntsville, Alabama on the 22nd, and Zanies, Nashville on the 23rd. And I will also be at the Solid Sound Festival on June 29th in North Adams, Massachusetts. And again, I'll be in Cleveland at Playhouse Square on the 7th of July for All-Star Weekend. And you can get those tickets on my website, which is RiaButcher.com. So check that out. Follow me on Twitter at RiaButcher. I don't use it very often these days because I'm trying to work on my mental health. I'm on Instagram at RiaButcher. Same thing, R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R. Follow Forever Dog. Um, they've got so many great new shows coming out. It's a really wonderful network doing really wonderful things. You can also get plenty of three swings merch. That stuff will be linked to in the podcast notes and rate review and subscribe the show, share it with your friends, tell them with your actual face and your actual voice, as opposed to only sharing it because talk about stuff. We don't talk about things anymore. Like to each other with our faces do that this weekend, have a conversation with somebody, call them on the phone. I'm sure many of you are going, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Try it. I've been doing it a lot lately and it's quite nice. It really is. I promise. So as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. 
For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>